Natalie, a lot has been made in the media of no-fault divorce and we want to talk today about what precisely that means and practical considerations to bear in mind. So initially, can you explain what no-fault divorce is? Thank you, Helen. Of course. Essentially, the law will change as from April the 6th, 2022, and it will mean that a person wishing to divorce will have to register an intention to divorce. They will no longer have to allege, as they do now, that the marriage has broken down through the fault of the other person. Essentially, one will no longer have to blame the other. This is a massive sea change to the current law, which does require one party to blame the breakdown of the marriage on the other or requires a minimum period of separation. Helen, can you talk in a little more detail about the current process so that we can understand just how big a change that is? The current law is embodied in the Matrimonial Causes Act of 1973. And effectively, there is only one ground for divorce, which is that the marriage has broken down irretrievably. The person seeking the divorce must prove that irretrievable breakdown using one of five facts, and they are the other party's adultery, the other party's unreasonable behaviour, and you need to provide detailed examples of that behaviour. In addition, the other current three facts all involve periods of separation before a petition can be lodged and they are two years desertion, which is very difficult to prove. I've only ever done one of those petitions in all my years as a family lawyer. Um, two years separation, and you both consent to divorce, or finally, five years separation. So the reality is that we find ourselves trying to shoehorn the fact that the marriage is broken down into one of those narrow categories. But one of the main problems, Natalie, as you know, is that of itself, this can lead to increased tension as well as cost. No one likes to be told that something is exclusively all their own fault, and it can lead to the divorce itself being contested and protracted. Can you set out for us how the new process will work? Well, we don't know all of the details yet, as the law change is only going to happen as from the 6th of April 2022. But the idea is that one party can simply initiate the divorce process, or it could be a joint application, which is something you can't do now. And then there is a period of at least 20 weeks before a conditional order, which will replace the current decree NICI, can be applied for. Yes, and the idea is that during those 20 weeks, the couple can try to agree how they will co-parent their children and they can try to reach a financial agreement as to how to divide their assets. So that can mean selling the home, how much maintenance one party should pay to the other, how to divide a pension, for example. But Natalie, one of the things that you have mentioned is the time scale. So there is 20 weeks to wait at least until the conditional order is made. And as now, there will then be a further period of six weeks that must elapse before the final order can be applied for. The final order being the equivalent of the decree absolute, which is what ends the marriage. So if, for example, someone issued a petition on the 7th of April, 2022, when is the earliest that they could get divorced? That is a very important point. Taking into account those time frames, if somebody issued divorce proceedings under the new rules, that takes us to October 2022 at the very earliest. 
There could also be delays, as there are now, with the court actually processing the paperwork. So realistically, we could be looking towards the end of 2022, at the earliest, for a divorce under the no-fault regime to be finalised. That does seem like a very long time away. Are there any situations where that could raise a concern? I think that is a very good point. I'm wholeheartedly in favour of no-fault divorce, as too often deciding who is going to divorce and on what basis can become very litigious and argumentative in itself. And this can detrimentally affect the tone of the ongoing negotiations about arrangements for children and finances, and it can be a major distraction. But one crucial point to bear in mind is that the court cannot make a binding financial order until after the first decree. So that's the NISI in current parlance or the conditional order in the new divorce regime. So for someone who's already separated or is about to separate now, we have to balance the advantage of waiting till the new divorce law comes in against the risk that there may be considerable delay before a binding financial order can be made. We're looking at the autumn or winter of 2022 at the earliest. So maybe Natalie, you could illustrate an example of the potential downside of separating now, reaching a financial agreement now, but it not being made into a binding financial order until late 2022. I can think of several pitfalls and of course it does depend on what your individual circumstances are as to how to balance the risk. But say for example a couple don't take advice and wait to use the no-fault system for their divorce. They do however reach an agreement about their finances now which involves one party buying the other out of the matrimonial home and perhaps sharing a pension. The matrimonial home buyout can happen on a practical basis and it may not cause any problems at all. However, when the time comes in the autumn of 2022 to draft the financial order, the value of the matrimonial home may have increased and one party may wish to revisit the buyout figure. The point being that you can have no peace of mind that what was agreed in good faith and acted upon will then be converted into a financial order if the other party attempts to resile from what was agreed. And fundamentally, a pension can't be shared until after the divorce is completed. Therefore, figures used now to agree a pension share by way of a percentage that one party will receive may change significantly in that intervening period. One other very important issue is to think about the tax consequences of separating during the current year, but waiting to take advantage of the no-fault divorce regime as from April 2022, which is the following tax year, and delaying dealing with your assets until that later tax year. Different tax rules apply to different assets. If transfers take place between spouses other than in the tax year of separation, specialist tax advice is always needed. Fundamentally, our advice would always be to have a financial court order alongside the divorce. I can see situations where there will be a real dilemma. That is, where someone wants to keep the temperature down by having a no-fault divorce, but that means waiting until after April 2022 to start the process. 
Whereas if they want the certainty of having a binding financial order sooner rather than later, then it may be better for them to consider issuing divorce proceedings under the current system. Helen, are you seeing clients now in that situation? Yes, for many months now, I've been balancing the advantages and disadvantages with clients in terms of issuing divorce now so as to get a financial deal into a binding court order sooner rather than later with the real wish to wait so as not to inflame the situation by alleging fault in a divorce petition now. It's a fine balancing act and we're going to see more of this between now and April 2022. The simple point is take specialist advice and make sure you are protected and that you do what is right for you and your family.